people tend to do a lot of crazy things in the name of Christmas. Uh, they reorient, some, maybe some of you here, I don't know, they reorient their entire lives around the holidays. Uh, normally, rational human beings cover their homes with lights, uh, buy too many gifts, eat too much food, uh, watch too many Hallmark movies, maybe one is too many, uh, uh, wear ugly sweaters. I don't usually, uh, I'm not usually Kris Kringle, but I am today because, well, just because. There's all kinds of Christmas craziness. They go, schedules change, and budgets change, and attitudes change. Why? It's Christmas, right? It's obvious whether you, uh, uh, you, know, you see those folks in, in your life, people maybe that, uh, uh, that, that, that do the whole light display thing, and, and man, it's just going, my goodness. There's no question where their passions lie. Uh, their time and their effort and their money and their attention uh, is completely tied up in, uh, in Christmas. There's, there's just no question. You, you've seen those people. You know those people. Maybe you are those people. The Apostle Paul made a plea for the followers of God to, uh, to reorient their lives in, in kind of the same way. Uh, it wasn't about going overboard with celebrations or decorations, but, but he wanted them and us to be willing to live in a unique countercultural way uh, because of the love of God. And, and believe it or not, it, it relates to this ugly Christmas sweater series because uh, as, as Paul wrote it, he, he talked about, he said that it has a lot to do with what we wear. Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. If you got it on your device, uh, you can uh, look it up to make sure that I'm not making it up, right? Uh, Colossians 3, verses 12 to 14, and then verse 17. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity." And then verse 17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So last week the message was all about ugly thoughts, right? And uh, the the thoughts that we allow into our minds and they can derail our lives. And this week I'd like us to focus on the ugly actions, that uh, the, the things that we do that can be so detrimental. I, I know that this is the most wonderful time of the year, and it, it feels great and soft and cushy and sentimental and all those things, but, but if we're honest, not completely, right? I, I, believe it or not, maybe, maybe you believe this, but people can actually get a little stressed out around this time of year. I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's you, or maybe not. Uh, people can actually do some pretty ugly things <laughs> during Christmas and during this season. Paul says, not just as Chris, at, at Christmas, but, but all the time, that, that everything we do should center around Jesus. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. How much of it? All of it. Just like uh, you know, the, the folks I talked about earlier the, the, that uh, you know, decorate to the nines and all the things, just like they're doing everything in the name of Christmas... As followers of Jesus, our lives should be lived with him at the center, doing everything in the name of, of, of Jesus. 
So if, if we showed a, a highlight video, assuming the computer worked, if we showed a highlight video of, uh, a, a highlight reel of your life over the past couple of months, if your life was on display for all to see and we put it up here on the, on the wall and we played a video of a highlight reel of your life the last couple of months, uh, what would we assume at the end of that is the most important thing in your life? From watching what you've done and what you do, watching your life, would, would your relationship with Jesus be the center of it all? Or would it be something else? Living with Jesus at the center of everything uh, takes some thought and effort and intentionality, right? We, we choose to put Jesus first in our lives. Maybe it's a lot like choosing what to wear. I know that some of you don't think a whole lot about what, and I'm not saying because I've seen you, but uh, uh, some of you are still wearing things that you wore in the 90s, right? Just because it still fits, right? So why would I need to get anything else? As long as it fits, it covers what it's supposed to cover, that's great. Uh, some of you maybe have adopted the essentialism mindset. Uh, it just cuts down on your decisions so you have just a certain number of, of uh, outfits. Maybe it's all the same. Uh, I just, you know, what was Steve Jobs had the black t-shirt. He just, I, I heard he had like 10. And then you just, you didn't have to choose, you didn't have to use his mental capacity to make that choice in the morning of what what to wear. Uh, I, I have a friend who, who said that uh, uh, he, he kind of adopted that mindset, so to speak, and he had narrowed down his wardrobe, and he, I believe it was five, he only had five shirts. And I have to confess that as I was talking to him and he told me that, what th- went through my head was, you have five shirts, and, and that's one of the shirts that you landed on. That's, I, I had to repent of that, but, uh, but it is, it really did go through my head. But uh, I'd venture to say that most of us put a little thought into what we're going to wear each day. Some of you are practical. You, well, what's the weather going to be? Uh, what, or what does my task list include for today? I need to dress for the activities that I'm going to be doing. Or, or is somebody else going to see me? Some of you uh, in, the, in the, the era of Zoom meetings uh, do, do a little uh, dressing up on the top and sweats on the bottom, right? And, and you're just, uh, you just got to, uh, you're, you're thinking, well, is everybody going to see me? Is he just going to see part of me? Whatever. Um, some of you maybe are more fashion conscious. Does this go with that? What's the latest trend? Uh, can I pull off white shoes after Labor Day? I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Uh, whatever. It, or maybe it has to do with your mood. I'm feeling a little down today. I'm going to wear black. Or, or maybe it's a red kind of day, so I'm jumping in. Or, or, or maybe it's a combination of all. I guess what I'm saying is no matter what you base your decisions on, you probably put some thought and effort into what you're going to wear. And it takes thought and effort and intentionality more than just what you're going to wear. But it it takes thought, effort, and intentionality to live with Jesus at the center of our lives. We choose each day, maybe even each minute, we choose whether to live out godly behaviors or ugly ones. In fact, Paul talks here uh, that that, uh, in in terms of fashion, right? He says, clothe yourselves. And and he wants us to clothe ourselves with, with some pretty attractive things. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. All of those character qualities are rooted in the character of God. It's not an exhaustive list, but all of these things are rooted in in God's character. These are godly things to do because God is characterized by these things. He wants us to be characterized by them too. They They are beautiful, holy things to wear. 
right, to, 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 to live out. And all of these articles of spiritual clothing, uh, if, if you look at it, if you think about them, all of these things in, in Paul's list are, are social in nature. They have to do with, with relationships, with how we treat other people. Paul knew that our ugliness is at its worst many times in our interactions with, with the people in our lives. Many times, the people we love the most, we treat the worst. So we need to develop these traits. We need to put on these qualities. These character traits are the, are the godly wardrobe that produce beauty in our relationships with other people. Now, you, you may be thinking that these things just form naturally in our lives as Christians. I become a Christian, I'm just going to be this way, right? But, but all of these instructions in this passage uh, uh, and in the context around it, if you read the whole, the whole chapter, you'd see that, that, that it's active, not passive. It's not that these things are just happening to us. Oh, okay, now I'm patient. Uh, it's, it's, we are responsible, it says, to, uh, to put these on, to, to develop these things in our lives. Yes, they're, they're godly traits. Uh, yes, they're rooted in the Holy Spirit. There's a similar list in Galatians 5 where they're called the fruit of the Spirit. So they come from the Holy Spirit, but we still play a role in, in clothing ourselves with them. The, the, the Greek term used here uh, for that clothe yourself is it, it means to sink into or to, to, to put on, to cover yourself. It, it's activity that we choose to do, immersing ourselves into the character of God. We, we choose to allow the Holy Spirit to develop his character in us. So, so how do we do this? How do we clothe ourselves with these things? Well, just like every morning when you choose to clothe yourself with something before you head out into the world, it starts with, oh, I don't know if I can say this in church, it starts with getting undressed. We're not going to get undressed here today, but in the spiritual sense, I want us to, to jump up just a few verses in Colossians chapter 3 and, and see that we've got to take some stuff off before we put these things on. Verse five and following, put to death therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed which is idolatry. Because of these the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Before you can clothe yourself with the beauty of God and his character, you have to take off the ugliness of sin and the behaviors that, uh, that, that you uh, walked in, that you practiced, that you did uh, before you started following God with Jesus at the center in all you do in word or deed, it's all for, in, in his name. Before, before you did that, you were, you were doing all this other stuff. We've got to get rid of that as we put on his character. We are responsible for putting to death what is what belongs to the earthly nature we have to rid ourselves of the ugly sinful ways we 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 live we must take off the old self we before we put on the new again this is an active thing we make these choices we do this it's not just that god's just going to make everything better and i don't have a part to play god allows that to happen and his grace makes it possible we've got to choose to do it of course, uh, God's grace and his spirit are just moving and, and working through all of that, but, but uh, uh, we choose to do it, and then with his help, we can do it. We take off 
the sinful stuff and we put on the beauty of God. Maybe it's maybe it's a little like uh, uh, you're you're uh, you know living your life uh, and and partway through the day you realize there's a stain on your shirt or a, a rip in your pants. Uh, if if you see it, you're you're probably going to do something about it, right? You'll you'll take off what's what's ugly and and messed up and change into something presentable, something beautiful. Uh, God doesn't force you to change your clothes; He just points out the ugliness of what you're wearing, and He offers something beautiful to change into. You can choose to keep it on, but then you're not living your life in everything you do in word and deed, all for in His name for His glory. So each one of these characteristics is probably a sermon in itself. I believe back in the day at some point I, uh, I preached a, a sermon series on, on this passage a long time ago. But uh, so, so we could dive, dive in and spend the rest of the afternoon on this stuff. I'll, I'll spare you of that. But I do want us to look a little bit at each one of these characteristics that we're to put on, to clothe ourselves with um, as, we, as we think through this. Uh, what, what God's uh, wardrobe for us might look like instead of ugliness this Christmas. The first one Paul mentions here is compassion. This is the ability to to see a situation from someone else's vantage point, to to feel what someone else is feeling, but then also to do something about it, right? It's it's more than just empathy, oh, I feel bad for you, but compassion is active, it it, it does something. Compassion is usually sacrificial in some way. Uh, Serving others uh, uh, can, can certainly be inconvenient or messy or costly or painful, but if you're compassionate, then you're selflessly noticing and helping those in need. This Christmas season, uh, start to clothe yourself with compassion. Usually, we don't have to say a whole lot about that at this time of year because people are kind of, oh, I'm going to be nice and compassionate, whatever. Well, what about like the middle of February? What about uh, as your life is going through this and that? And what, this, this is not just something that we do during Christmas. We have to clothe ourselves. Our lives should be characterized by compassion. The next one Paul says is kindness. And and that sounds pretty simple. Oh, be kind. Okay, that's that's great. But it's it's hard to live out at times. Um, I loved the emphasis on kindness in the, uh, in the programs for students with special needs that, uh, that our son Nick was a part of in school. Uh, he and his classmates uh, were not only emphasizing the need for other students to be kind to them, but, but also they led the way by extending over-the-top kindness to everyone. Uh, at the Career Center here, they, they, I'm assuming they still do it, but they had a, a kindness cart. And uh, they went around the school on certain days and they had snacks and treats for students and staff and they would pull that around and they would offer a, uh, a hug, a handshake, or a high five in addition to these snacks and, and candy and treats and, and whatever, just bringing this kindness to others. And that's an example of a, a secular response uh, to the need for kindness. Just think how much more the people of God, the church, the body of Christ should be characterized by this uh, article in our wardrobe. Put on, clothe yourself with, cover yourself with kindness. Be kind. Humility is, uh, is the next one here on, on Paul's list. Uh, at its core, sin is, uh, is selfish and, and full of pride. Um, humility is the opposite. And, and it really roots out the ugliness of sin in our lives. Paul is, is not talking here about a false humility, and he's not talking about putting yourself down. Uh, as someone once said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. 
Uh, we, we tend to live as though the world revolves around us. Clothing ourselves in humility means living as though the world revolves around Jesus. Here's the hint, it does. <laughs> the world revol- does resol- revolve around Jesus. Clothe yourself this Christmas with humility. Gentleness. Now this sounds, again, just a little uh, you know, softball kind of, okay, I'll be gentle. And it almost sounds a little weak or anemic, right? Uh, but the word used here uh, actually means controlled strength. So there's, there's power in gentleness. Uh, it's the power of the Spirit of God living in us that helping us to control our impulses. It, in gentleness, we, we don't react in anger or frustration, but we react in control. A gentle person isn't, isn't a wimp. Uh, he or she is someone who's not afraid to step into injustice or, or brokenness and instigate change in, in positive ways. It, it's this, it's this, uh, uh, this controlled strength. Clothe yourself with gentleness. And then we come to patience. This one always seems impossible, right? And we make jokes about it and we laugh and, uh, and it's hard to wait. This season is all about waiting. I don't know if you've noticed our candles. We're continuing to wait as we're anticipating the coming of Christ. But, but it's not just about waiting. It's not just about being able to, 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 to stand in line or, or sit in traffic and do that well without getting mad. Patience is about perseverance, about not giving up. It's about delayed gratification. It, and it's about faith in God, believing that he can and will come through at, at just the right time. Paul elaborates a bit on this, on this article of clothing in, in our passage uh, using the, the term for patience that means uh, suffering long. Uh, long suffering might be the King Jamesy way to say it. Uh, he, he says we need to bear with one another. We need to forgive one another. We need to, 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 to have our suffer with others long, continue to suffer with them just as God has put up with you and forgiven you clothing yourself with patience means putting up with each other and forgiving each other just like he has it means loving people who are hard to love and serving people who are hard to serve clothe yourself as hard as it might seem with patience get rid of the ugliness in how you treat people this Christmas and put on something beautiful take off the soiled garments of sin and selfishness that's your your old life and and that's gone when you come to Jesus once you're following him clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience develop these characteristics in your life but you need to know you need to know that these things usually grow and develop in our lives when we're given chances to practice them In other words, if I'm praying to God to develop patience in my life, he's not just going to wave his magic wand over me and make me patient. I would prefer that. I'm careful when I pray for patience because that means that God is going to give me opportunities to practice patience. He's going to put me in situations where I'll need to be consciously, uh, where I will need to consciously put on a patient spirit, even if I'm not feeling it. 
uh, but the more I practice, the more it develops in my life. And the same is true for all of these articles of spiritual clothing. We develop them as difficult things and people and circumstances come into our lives and we choose, instead of putting on the, uh, the, the ways of sin and selfishness, the ugliness of, uh, of this world, we choose to clothe ourselves with the beauty of compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And, and when we do, those characteristics grow and develop in, uh, in, uh, over your lifetime. Wouldn't it be awesome to be known as a person of these things? Wouldn't it be great to have a reputation as compassionate or kind or gentle or humble or patient? When someone talks about you, they, they go, oh man, yeah, he's I just, uh, God's patience is just all over that person. Or, oh yeah, that, I, I love her. She's just so compassionate. At the end of this Christmas season, after you finish shopping and the parties are over and the, the, the feasts have been consumed, the company has gone home, will the people that you spent time with say that you were clothed in compassion and kindness and gentleness and humility and patience? Maybe that should be your goal over the next couple of weeks. Uh, maybe that should be our continued goal over the, the years of our life. See if, see, if, uh, see if you can make a difference through the, the, the clothing that you put on. Live your life robed in these godly characteristics. That might seem like a tall order, but, but there's a little secret embedded here that, that we haven't come to yet that I, I want to make sure we do. There's, there's a little secret embedded in this passage that, that makes it all possible. There's a common thread running through all these articles of clothing that help us live them out. You, now, you've, you've probably found a, a loose thread at some point on, uh, on your clothes, and maybe you, you pull at it, and you just thought it was a little something stuck there, and you pull it up, but when you pulled at it, and it's still connected, you're right, and you just keep, and uh, some of you are really good at being able to wind it tight and just yank it off, right? Some of you, like me, you wind it tight and you go, and you go right, because you're not all that adept at it. Some of you have the teeth of the master, and you can, you, some, you can bite thread. I don't know, I, I'm not very, uh, I, I don't even like to floss. So I, anyway, but, um, uh, you know, Whatever you do, you, you might cut it off, you might whatever, and you want to stop that from going, because you can, you've realized real quick that, that every thread is, uh, is connected to every other thread. And pretty soon, if you just keep pulling, that whole thing might unravel. Every, every thread is part of another thread. Maybe that's a good picture of, of how these articles of clothing in Paul's list are connected. You, you probably already saw it there. Uh, he says in verse 14 that there's one thing that we put on that, quote, binds them all together in perfect unity and that is love it's love he says that above all else we need to put on love without love all these other attitudes that that I've been going on about this morning uh, all these other characteristics uh, uh, will just unravel love is what holds us all together our love for others is rooted in God's love for us, which is on display, obviously, uh, for all to see at Christmas. 1 John 4, 10 and 11 says, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And then he says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, since God loved us like that, we've got to love one another. 
Because God has loved you, because God has shown you compassion and mercy, because God has shown you these characteristics we've talked about today, clothe yourself with that same love. Get rid of the ugliness of sin and let his love shine through your interactions with the people around you. When you do, you'll be wearing beautiful things like compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. That's what love looks like. In the specific situations, love looks like compassion or kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and it's not an exhaustive list. Allow God's love to get rid of the ugliness of the sinful actions that might be on default in our lives, the ways we used to live, and allow him to be seen in you. It will make it obvious if we live that way. It will make it obvious uh, that in everything that we do and say, we're living all in the name of of the Lord Jesus, that he is at the center of who we are and all we do. Father God, I pray that uh, as you hear each one of us in our hearts, as we lift our hearts to you, Lord, I pray that you will help us to live these things out, to not have uh, ugly actions like we might see around us or like maybe we've been characterized by in the past. But Lord, I pray that, that your beauty would be seen in us by the things that we do, that, that we can be uh, compassionate and, and patient and, and humble and kind and gentle and, and all the rest. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to love the people you've placed in our lives, that each moment of each day we can choose to put on your characteristics that we can allow you to, to move and work in our lives so that when people brush up against us, they can encounter you. Lord, I, I pray that, that, that your beauty would be seen in each one of us as we go from this place today and that, uh, that, that you would help us as, as we are tempted maybe to, to shy away from that and as, as we are tempted to, uh, to go back to the ways we've usually done things. Lord, I pray that you'll bring us back to, to the opportunities that we have to take off those things and to put on your character in our lives. Lord, I pray that, that, uh, that as we go from here, we can go rejoicing in the, in the fact that, that you are with us, and that makes all the difference. May we live our lives doing it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. 